Oh, Jeff. <sighs> it's been a hard one, man. Yeah. It's been a rough week. I've had to really, like, be vigilant. I've never had to dodge harder than this week. Yeah. Spoilers are about, man. Spoilers abound. Thanos demands your silence. We'll be talking about our week of dodging spoilers, as well as all your in-game talk and feedback and X-Men and all kinds of stuff right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall. How you doing, buddy? Uh, just as good as we were five minutes ago, sir. Yeah, we recorded that Cloak and Dagger episode. By the way, yep. if you are not watching Cloak and Dagger, you should be. You should be. What the hell's wrong with you? Just saying. It is you super, like all this MCU stuff? Super good. And that's one of the better MCU stuffs. It it is it is almost on the level of the Netflix shows for me. Like it's it is some of the storytelling is like Daredevil level storytelling. Um, it really I'm is. Really impressed with it, and um, especially for a freeform show, like rather for a show that's on the freeform network, it's a really adult. Like it's 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 grown up. It's a grown up show of teenagers dealing with real world events and real yeah, world struggles. I love it. I really love it's it. It's not. I don't think that they've even shown high school this uh, this season. No, no, I don't think so either. And th- so if you if you haven't been watching that, we're, we, you can check out all our talk about it uh, from our earlier episode about Cloak and Dagger. But this is our kind of feedback, Avengers Endgame uh, conversation. First uh, point of business, though, I would like to ask all of you for a favor. We don't normally do this very often. Uh, we, and normally we talk at the end about how you can help us out. But with Endgame about to drop, uh, we need as many of you as are enjoying this show to go and review us wherever you are right now. Whatever app you're in, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, any of those, drop a review right now. Here's the deal. If we get a bunch of people to drop a bunch of reviews all at the same time, it will spike us in the st- analytics and such. And more people will be able to find us. And with in-game coming, people are going to be looking for podcasts about this stuff. So that is my plea. Please uh, just review us, please. It would really help us out. We're we're trying to grow the show so we can do more of this and do and possibly even do more shows. Like we've got a lot of things in the works, but it all kind of requires getting more listeners. And so uh, we're kind of on a precipice where if we grow a little bit, we can grow a lot. So um, yeah, if you if you dig what we do. Leave a review. Hey, that kind of rhymed. <laughs> See, I was just going to say that Thanos demands your silence, but we demand your stars. Eh, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, that would be really appreciated. Thank you. Uh, okay, now, let's dive into... Next sp- order of business. Ne- next order of business. How hard has this week been to avoid spoilers? Jesus, man. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been hearing horror stories of people with, like, YouTube videos that say they're about one thing, and then you click on them, and they're tell you spoilers immediately. Ah, it's the worst. Blogs, they're like posting videos, apparently, and I'm not really up on it because I've very deliberately avoided even articles about the spoilers, about the fact that there are spoilers. Even the ones that said, here's what, here's the breakdown of the spoilers. No spoilers here, though. Uh, I've tried to avoid those because I, I don't believe them. I'm, I'm, like, I don't nope. believe them. Apparently, You're not getting me. <laughs> apparently, there's some sort of leak going out on out in the world where someone's releasing a video uh, of in-game spoilers, but the worst kind. They're not even releasing like 
the movie where you can watch it, they're releasing just the scenes that spoil oh, the biggest moments. The worst. What, Why would you do that? What kind of assholes? What fresh hell right. is this? I mean, I know what? there's like, I know there's like, uh, whatever, DC Marvel rivalry and there's like people who just want to see the world burn, but like this is just shitty. You're just being shitty. This is bigger than the DC Marvel rivalry, okay? Yeah. We've been waiting for this movie for 11 years. Don't, don't ruin it for people. It's just a real dick move. Um, so Drew Greck sent us a, uh, a, a picture of the, letter that Joe and Anthony Russo wrote to the world. Yeah. And it reads, to the greatest fans in the world, that's all of us, just so you guys know, this is it. This is the end. The end of an unprecedented narrative mosaic spanning 11 years and 11 franchises. For all of you who have been on this journey with us since the very beginning, sharing every high and low with your family, your friends, your classmates, your co-workers, investing so deeply in every character and storyline, laughing, cheering, shedding tears, giving so freely of your thoughts and emotions in spirited dialogue, theories, fan art, and fan fiction, please know that the two of us, along with everyone involved in Endgame, I've worked tirelessly for the last three years with the sole intention of delivering a surprising and emotionally powerful conclusion to the Infinity Saga. Because so many of you have invested your time, your hearts, and your souls into these stories, we're once again asking for your help. When you see Endgame in the coming weeks, please don't spoil it for others, in the same way that you wouldn't want it spoiled for you. Remember, Thanos still demands your silence. As always, good luck and happy viewing. Joe and Anthony Russo, the Russo brothers, hashtag don't spoil the end game. Yeah, that, that's neat. Uh, a lot of people were saying that is a letter in response to the leaks. Apparently they did a similar letter for previous movies, so, you know, who knows. Uh, it came at a timing that seems like it might have been just a direct response. But, you know, I, I want to say to people who listen to this show, we've gotten a lot of feedback this week about Endgame, and I have yet to see a spoiler. And I want to thank you all. I really do. Because I'm sure that some of you saw the spoilers out there, but you all know us well enough that you did not send in, hey, by the way, this guy dies in the movie. Um, <laughs> or like, I, I was scared. I didn't think anybody would be so mean as to just try to spoil it. I thought we might get a thing where someone wrote in like, so as we all know now, thanks to the leaks, this guy dies or whatever. <laughs> like I thought we were going to get some, uh, some talk like that. And we didn't, you guys, thank you for being sensitive to that. We appreciate you. You know what I've done? What's that? I, as like the, the main thing that I've done to keep away from that sort of spoiler is to not even watch any, like I'm not watching any trailers on YouTube. I'm not reading any articles. Like I have just completely cut myself off from all news and I've just been watching Critical Role at work. <laughs> yeah, every time an Avengers trailer comes on, I immediately turn turn it off. <laughs> I'm, I'm refusing to watch trailers because I don't know what they're... Oftentimes, the last week, they throw in a few extra clips to get everybody excited, and I don't want to know anything else. I really don't want to know anything We're else. We're all already there. We don't need more excitement. Yeah. Like, who else are you trying to get into the theater than the opening weekend? There are no people left. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, I had, I had it. I've been thinking a lot about this. Okay. Do you, we know that Marvel is not above lying. 
I've often thanked them for it <laughs> because I like, I like when people lie to us. And you're hoping really hard that they're lying to us in all of these trailers. Well, I wouldn't mind. I don't mind if some of these trailers are, have just bald face lies in them. It's fine. Like the theory fun is still fun. It's still fun to bat theories around. Um, but I don't mind. I just want to go into this movie as fresh and knowing as little as possible. And the little thing of putting Hulk in the battle for Wakanda has like given us hope that anything could change. Like all of these trailers could be based on completely faulty like scenes. Like there could be not a scene yeah. from the movie in the trailer. Yeah, like that <laughs> because of the Hulk, like because of that whole sequence of them running through the forest in Wakanda and Hulk being there and like all the whole team is just like swarming behind Cap. Like because of that not happening at all in the movie just being completely like fake false shenanigans like because of that i can't trust anything now i can't trust any trailer that i've seen and everything i take with a grain of salt me too my trust is utterly ruined and i love it (laughs) (laughs) i didn't realize that would be the place i would end up but yeah my trust is ruined and i freaking love it like keep all the surprises to yourself uh but here's here's what i have a question about there are certain movies that have been announced Spider-Man is is happening. We're, we're sure yep. of that one. Yep. But, like, how much would they be willing to lie? Could any of the other movies that have been announced be straight-up fake? Mm. Do you think... Or, or shows. Like, here's the thing. WandaVision, people talk to you talking about how dumb that name is. What if it's just not true? <laughs> <laughs> what if like I, I kind of don't think so because it's, it's, they're, they're using it to hype up their Disney Plus service. I still think they're going to have amazing shows on the Disney Plus service, but it's very possible to me that characters that we think have movies or TV shows coming could end up on the chopping block in this movie. You know what, Matt? We had that discussion last week of like, what if all of the shows that they're talking about are between Civil War and Infinity War? Like, right. what if they're in that, that time frame? That's right. And then we were like, well, what about Spider-Man that's supposed to end, like, or supposed to start, like, right after, you know, seconds after Infinity War ends? Um, that could have been a lie. Oh, yeah. We, we talked about it, like, I think a year ago, like, way <laughs> back when, that that could be, um, that could be something that happens before Endgame. There's a new theory. There's a new theory out that, <laughs> it's a, it's a crazy one, that MJ, uh, Michelle in the in the first movie and in this movie is the daughter of Nick Fury and Nick Fury is a protective dad stepping in to <laughs> to kind of uh you know like clean the shotgun on the on the on the uh the coffee table in the living room right I, I while that's funny and and fun I think that's silly and I do not think it's true <laughs> oh I think it's fun and funny and silly, and I really kind of want it to be true because there's like there's a little bit of supporting theory to it. Okay, where she's always wearing some sort of like black. She sneaks up on people all the time without them noticing, and her hair is always set in a way to where it's falling over one of her eyes. <laughs> that is silly. Here's the reasons I don't think that's true. That is a fun theory. I like all the supporting elements there. That's fun. But we that's that was the last movie. Yep. 
the last Spider-Man movie, Tombs, uh, he already like tried to date a girl and ended up being the villain was like the ultimate, you know, dad brandishing the shotgun on the porch. Like, I, I don't think they'll go there immediately again. No, no, maybe not immediately, but I would, I would like to see Fury kind of, uh, you know, like take Spider-Man under his wing and kind of you know, be disappointed in him the whole time and have, <laughs> have Peter not know why. And then at the end of it, just kind of have that slight reveal of like, okay, like be nice to my daughter. And he's, and then Peter's like, what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> I, also, it, it, it smacks of a slight bit of like, there's two black people in the universe. They have to be related <laughs> or like, you know, there's two people of other ethnicities. They must be related. I don't yep. know. Zendaya. I don't know what her ethnicity is but <laughs> there's two pocs they're clearly related yeah that, it's max of that a little bit too which i i'm like yeah I'm, I'm fine with there being more than one like more than one family of color in a, in a series <laughs> <laughs> like i think that's probably healthy probably probably but it's a fun idea it's a fun idea and it would be an interesting way like if she's not the mj we've all been waiting for or whatever you know like that's that's one thing that everyone's pissed off that she's not Mary Jane. Uh, I don't really care, I guess. I guess it's fine if she's, they're telling a different kind of story or whatever, but, uh, I, I think that, uh, it would be interesting if it turns out she's not the MJ anyway. Like, what if she's not, uh, related to Fury, but she's like one of his agents and she's been sent there. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, to spy on Spider Man. No, but, they've done that before. That was in Iron Man Two. I know, I know. I was about to say uh, the thing is, is they've done everything. I, I don't know what else they can do. They, they're really like grasping at straws to tell any stories that have not already been. It, it's almost like the Simpsons. Have you heard of the Simpsons did it theory? Oh like yeah, the Simpsons did everything. Yeah, the Simpsons did everything. Like every joke, including like real life. Like twenty years ago, they had a they had a joke in the thing about Donald Trump becoming president. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. craziness. It's just insane the stuff they've done on that show. Uh, but now there's like, there's even like an extension of that where like Simpsons did Simpsons, like jokes that the Simpsons have made multiple times because the writers span so many years they, they can't even keep up. <laughs> they, they forgot that they did that joke already. Yeah, for real. They're like grandpa sitting on the couch, just like, come on, man, I know about the trick coin. The writers change, so it's over time. It's different writers, but they end up making the same joke with the same character, and then they're like, oh, crap, we did that 20 years ago. Dang it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's craziness. Okay, uh, let's dive into some feedback. Let's get let's get into what everybody else is talking about. I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into you know, more of... All of this talk. I'm sure. <laughs> All right. So Lil Jones 901 hit us on Twitter, said at MCU cast, hashtag what if in hashtag Avengers Endgame, Avengers emoji. <laughs> There's not a time jump, but a universe jump where our heroes end up on Earth 616 and this kicks off phase four. Interesting thought. Uh, we've talked about if, if there's an incursion into our universe, we haven't really talked about if... Yeah, what if they go somewhere else? Yeah, what if they... Yeah, it does seem a little cleaner, you know? Like, instead of... Uh, you know, we've talked about, like... We, we talked about the last episode, I believe, if, like, every time they needed to talk to Wolverine, he had to cross universes. That's pretty annoying. But what if they just wake up <laughs> yeah like what if the avengers show up somewhere else where the mutants already are and they have to figure out what's going on with the world there yeah 
Absolutely. I mean, it's that's pretty similar to the theory of something being changed in the timeline that creates mutants, though. I mean, it's not. There's not really yeah. a substantial difference to those two ideas. But yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. could be. I mean, it basically is. If you time travel the, and change the past, you're creating a divergent universe, at least in that theory of time travel. <laughs> so yeah, very possible. <laughs> yeah, the um, that kind of sounds like the ending of uh, what was it? I think it was the Full Metal Alchemist series. Oh, I've never Where, seen that. Yeah, well, they cross through the portal of life and death and end up in, like, the real world rather than their world. Whatever. That's fine. Anyway, my Full Metal Alchemist friends, all three of you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Traveling Mage hit us on Twitter, said, Adam's cast post-credit scene, West Coast Avengers form. Boom! Hashtag West Side. Or X-Men, like we talked about. <laughs> I really like that. I love the hashtag West Side. <laughs> Should I have done it as like hashtag Westside? Yeah, no, I, I think I think okay. you hit it with enough stank. It's fine. All right, can you? I mean, if you if you think that the second one was better, can you just edit it to yeah, you know, sure. be better? Sure, yeah, Thank already you. edited. No one will no one will okay. hear this at all. I promise. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Joe Wilson hit us on Twitter. Adam, you cast. I'm thinking the way they kill Steve Rogers off is he turns himself into the authorities after the events of Endgame, and as he leaves the courthouse after his arraignment, Red Skull shoots him, a la the comics at the end of Civil War. What do you think? Here is, I don't think that'll happen. And, and, and Red Skull's on another planet. Well, sure. Uh, Red Skull not even being the issue. I think that the reason it was so poetic in the comic books is because of his relationship with Agent 13, I think. Like, I think that's a big part of it. Um, it doesn't, she like, I mean, yeah, she turns on him. And, and guns him down. Yeah, she betrays him at a time of need is the the spell that was cast on her. Yeah, and I think that that's what makes his death really poetic in the comics. Like, uh, he, he learns to trust and learns to love and he gets gunned down for it. Like, it's real sad. But I feel like if they did something like that, and you didn't say any of that, but I just feel like he's going to, the MCU version of Cap, if he dies in this movie particularly, I think it'll be heroically. I think that he will die sacrificing himself. I think the, the 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 Steve Rogers that jumped on the grenade in the first Avenger is going to do oh. the same thing. Like if he jumps on some sort of crazy reactor and he starts yelling "Stand back, stand back," that would be a perfect death for Captain America for me. I, 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 he's got to he's got to do he's got to jump on some sort of galactic grenade. I think that's I think that's what's got to happen. <laughs> If, some sort if of he dies. galactic grenade. Yes, yeah, some sort of galactic grenade. I think that's how Cap dies if he dies. Um, I think that the sort of after credits, uh, not after credits, but you know, after the resolution, sort of a postlude death would be sort of a disservice to the character. Yeah, it really would. Like, I, I wouldn't like that at all. Um, as far as the, you know, directly off of the, the tweet here, um, I think that they're a bit past that uh, that courthouse gun down um, point. I think that that the the ship has sailed on that being a possibility. Just because um, civil war is over. Well, not not necessarily because civil war is over. It's like the the Sokovia Accords still stand, and there's still that whole like you know the heroes have to be government sanctioned and everything. But like that 
I guess that conflict or the, the conflict part of it has already kind of resolved for everybody that's watching. I mean, I don't think it's resolved. I think that a big part of the conflict is between Cap and Tony who haven't even seen each other since. And I think that that's going to happen in this movie. I mean that as like the audience feels like, ah, oh, yeah, civil war is done. We're in the infinity stuff. Like that's what I care about now. I don't give a shit about the whole like civil war thing. Um, or the, you know, the Sokovia Accords, none of that. Like, we're the, we, you and I, and everybody listening are the people that care about the Sokovia Accords because we're piecing it all together, like the big puzzle and everything. But, like, the average viewer is just going to be like, what? Why did he do that? Yeah. I think that Red Skull would come out of nowhere. A lot of people don't probably even remember that Red Skull was his original villain in the first movie. You know, people, yeah. people are like, oh, Captain America, he's that guy that fights at the airport with Spider-Man. You know, like, I, they've got to make it emotionally um, evocative to us, who are huge fans, uh, and tie it to the past. But they also have to make it palatable to the casual, you know? At least mildly palatable to the casual. Sure. All right, next up, uh, Michelle Nyman said to us on Twitter, One week from now, the waiting for Endgame is over. Killing time with that MCU cast... Nerd alert from Denmark. What? Denmark? Hey. I don't we know have we've such gotten, reach. Yeah, I don't know that we've gotten a Denmark uh, feedback before. Thanks. Thanks. Hi, Michelle. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for writing in from Denmark. You're a nerd. Hello. Yeah, we love nerds. It's my favorite kind of people around here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, Tree Herald sent us a message. I love the convo on lack of nuance in current political discourse. Marvel is great at this sort of thing. I love the movies because everything is not all cut and dry. Sound like you talked about uh, Enneagram Personality 6. That is my personality type, and I must always question and challenge assumptions. Congrats on album and weight loss. Listen to it on Spotify. Yay. Thank you, Tree Herald. So speaking of Spotify, why don't you go ahead and you know give us a rating on Spotify. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Feedback on Spotify, too. Uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, thank you very much for the uh, congrats on the weight loss in the album. I appreciate it, and thanks for checking it out. Um, yeah, I really, after we talked about the lack of nuance in political discourse, I was thinking about Marvel, and As I, you do. I think that... Sorry. I think I realized something about uh, the overarching story that a lot of this Marvel stuff is trying to tell, and it made me excited because we, we talk about that lack of nuance, and I think that is one of the biggest problems in our political discourse that we can't look across you know, people that disagree and try to figure out what they're even saying. Like most of the time we can't even agree on what the problem is, like much less the solutions. We can't even agree on what the problems are. Um, And I realized that a lot of Marvel's movies deal with that. Uh, And the idea of nuance, even going, going back to uh, obviously civil war, civil war is the obvious one. Uh, But even talking about Thanos, you know, they really tried to delve in and tell the story of Thanos. And there's like Captain Marvel is all about the nuance between, you know, are these people, terrorists or refugees like that's there's a lot of nuance going on there's a lot of the villain being revealed to have his own motives um that are not necessarily don't necessarily make him the villain you know what i mean i really love that marvel is putting such a focus on that because i think it is really needed and it makes me excited to um see what they go go on to do like i would not mind if this thanos um ends up actually learning a lesson and like 
turning on himself or something. That's been one of the theories going around. Like, um, what if Thanos is not such a bad guy? He's just consumed with grief and consumed with the grief of his own planet and, and wants to prove that his idea would have helped. And so he's gone about this whole thing. Like there's, there's a, there's a, there's a lot to be said for Thanos's thought process, not necessarily being an evil one. Yeah. And this isn't the first movie to deal with that. And I think we talked about that at great length, uh, before, like, you know, over the past year. For sure. For sure. Um, so I, I yeah, I, I'm with you. Absolutely. I'm, I love, uh, I love talking about that lack of nuance and I love that Marvel's tackling it so well. It's really cool. Yep. Next up, uh, Sam O'Neill sent us a message. Hey guys, found your podcast a week ago, or I'm sorry, a few weeks ago, and I'm loving it. Spam the shit out of it leading up to Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little Easter egg thought. In Iron Man 2, Tony visits Ivan Vanko in prison after his attack at the F1 race in Monaco. Uh, Ivan says, if you could make God bleed, people would cease to believe in him. Maybe that line stuck with Tony all this time, and when he makes Thanos bleed, he remembers those words. Just a little thing I saw on YouTube that you guys might appreciate. Ooh. I uh, I like that one. I like that one, too. I like that I like- theory a lot. I do. I like that theory a lot. Uh, before I read that, I actually had that discussion at work with one of my one of my colleagues. Um, he had just watched Iron Man two, and he had seen uh, Infinity War recently, but then like had gone back to watch Iron Man two, and he's like, "You remember when uh, when the guy was like, you lose, you lose?'" I was like, "Oh yeah, uh, Whiplash," and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." He said that thing where if you can make God bleed, and I was like. <gasps> Oh my god, he made Thanos bleed. <laughs> and there was that time where he was like, all that for a bit of blood. Like, oh my god! And like, we had that, you know, whole ex- excited discussion, didn't get any work done. You know how it goes. Oh yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, it, it, he did make him bleed. I, he didn't say those, that line or anything. Uh, it'll be interesting because honestly, I would, I don't, I would not have recalled that line unless it was brought up. So thanks for writing that in because, uh, he makes some reference to that. It would be a fun connection. Yeah, if Tony says it, oh, man. Ah, Dark Tony, <laughs> going the route of Vanko. Dark anyway. Tony. Yeah, Dark Tony would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Anyway, Christian Makoso said to his Adam to cast, Hey, guys, just started listening to the podcast. Love it. Anyways, I got a theory about Hulk and why he's not coming out to fight. Mm. We all saw that Bruce Banner and Natasha sort of had a thing for each other in Age of Ultron. Is it a possibility that the dysfunctional relationship between the Hulk and Bruce stemmed from the fact that Bruce Banner never accepted his feelings for Natasha, as we saw in Age of Ultron? The Hulk was completely comfortable and calm with her. He even saved her life. Could Hulk be more in love with Natasha Romanoff than Bruce Banner and feel resentful towards him? Excelsior! Hmm... That's interesting. Talk about nuance. Yeah. Uh, so Hulk is jealous of Banner. I, I think that the the emotions are there, but I, w- I wouldn't think that that's why he's not coming out to fight. Also, it ended with her choosing him. She yep. said, "She says I adore you, but, but I, I need the, the other, other guy." guy. So I, I think that it doesn't track just because I think in the end she chose the Hulk. Um, it, 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 the, the whole idea of Banner and Hulk as two separate entities brings up a lot of questions that you have to kind of delve into. Like, if Hulk comes out of that hole and he's excited, you know, he's like, he jumps up and he's like, let's go to work, Natasha, you know? Um, <laughs> and then at the end, 
Hulk is sitting on a Quinjet, like looking upset, flying out into nowhere. And it, yeah. it kind of doesn't make sense. Like, why was Hulk upset? Like, I it makes sense if it's Banner that's upset, but Hulk wouldn't really be upset in that situation. Well, Hulk is uh, Hulk is kind of a, a toddler, you know. He's he's got that that thought in there of like she only brings me out when she needs me. She doesn't yeah. bring me out just to see me. Maybe maybe that's it. Maybe that's the deeper thing. Is like he's tired of just being used as the guy with the the strong fists. Hulk wants to have a life. And then for a little while he did on Sakaar, you know? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Time works a little different there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really know how long he was there, really. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, that is a thought, because it was two years on Earth. Right, but it could have been however could've long. Been, yeah, it could have been your relative to him a, quite a long time. Yeah. Whew. That no, is, no, we can't be can't be thinking about this kind of thing right before Endgame. We got to be focused on Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. This is all I want to think about. All the small <laughs> connections to previous movies. It's like why this is all fun. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jake Irvin sent us a message. Hey guys, new listener of uh, about a couple of months here. Love the show. All caps. Uh, you guys are always spitting some good stuff. Last week you guys talked about possibly losing characters in Endgame without them dying. Uh, if Cap went back to live his life with Peggy Carter, would that not alter the future too much? Would that be selfish of him? He's not a selfish man. Do you guys think Tony would do the same? Not go back in time, but maybe officially retire and give Pepper the life he has always wanted to? What if Thor, after meeting Captain Marvel, realizes the Earth doesn't need him to protect it anymore because the Earth has her? Could he leave the MCU timeline by going off and starting a new Asgard? Just some thoughts. I know it's a lot. Don't have to answer them all. Keep it up. <laughs> well we're um, gonna answer them all oh yeah um so yeah i i think that if cap cap they would have to resolve the cap thing somehow for him to go back like maybe maybe he loses his powers and goes back and lives under an assumed name and maybe that was always that always happened like that that's what we talked about last week is the idea that he finds out from some recording or whatever that old Peggy Carter actually knew him all those years. Like that he may, maybe he died in the like eight nineties sometime because he'd already lost his powers and he was just a regular man and he lived under an assumed name and like lived out his life with Peggy. Like that, that, that could, that could be the way they resolve it. There, there are ways they could resolve it is all I'm saying. Yeah. I like that way of, of it resolving of like current cap, either losing, you know, the super soldier serum or, even like going back and living out the rest of his life, uh, you know, from that point in the in the forties, and just kind of like living it out with her, and resolving to not go unfreeze himself, knowing that you know in the future he's needed as Captain America. Yeah, in a weird way, it's a time travel story about a man traveling from the forties to the future to fight some battles and then heading back. <laughs> Yep, super fun and poetic way to end his story. Oh, that's so good. It's really good. <laughs> like he, he lives he lives out his life knowing that like how the world ends up. He makes all the money cuz he invests in Apple or whatever. <laughs> that's how they got those nice red and white suits. <laughs> It's not actually Tony. It's just what if Cap put it in a trust fund for Tony? Oh no. What? Tony, what if Tony has no, his Cap, money from elsewhere? 
I no, not necessarily. What if Cap like he does all the work with with Howard or whatever and like you know makes Howard into this mega super billionaire or Cap makes all of his money putting money into stocks and then like puts it into a trust fund for Tony or puts it into a trust fund for any of the Avengers or anything like that. All right, if we're going to get real stupid with this theory, here's here's how I think it should go. Okay, tell me. The end game is here. They have to go defeat Thanos. Uh, he knows he's needed at this moment. So out of the shadows, just like in the in, in Infinity War when he steps out of the shadows to meet the other Avengers, an old man named like Kevin Bodgers or something <laughs> steps out of the shadows and he's like... Old man Cap. Oh, old man Cap steps out of the shadows with a long beard, but it's a whole different kind of beard. Yeah, the music swells and he comes out of the shadows and it turns out he's been he's spent the last... 80 years of his life on earth uh, preparing. preparing to help the avengers fight thanos in this moment oh man and he, he delivers awesome. to them all the things they need the whatever the time the time machine the suits everything comes from a cap who's been hanging out since the 40s but that that wouldn't work it doesn't work narratively because you'd have to reveal how the movie ends before it gets started but that's a fun that's a, that would be a really fun scene <laughs> yep, yep. Or, or even better, an old man steps out of the shadows and says he's he's um, he's there to help them. That he, you know, he's a he's a you know independently wealthy businessman. Da 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 da. He helps them. He puts together the thing. He he says maybe he had a vision of the future or something like that. Uh, back 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 after World War Two, he had a vision of the future and he's been working to stop it ever since. And when all this stuff happened with people disappearing, he realized it was all true and he came forward to help or whatever. Like says something like that to the Avengers, gives them all the tools they need to to solve the problem. Then at the end of the movie you realize that he's been Captain America the whole time. Oh, my God. I need it. I need that movie to happen. Yeah. Can that be our second animated what-if story? <laughs> you heard it here, Marvel. Yeah. That was, You're welcome. That's a, that's a, that's a fun theory. That'd, yep. be, that'd be a fun way to, end, to do this movie. Okay. Do we think that Tony could do the same and live a life with Pepper? Very possibly. I just... I think... It, it has been his story up till now that he's sort of an addict to power and an addict to the powers that he's developed in the suits. So I think it's absolutely possible that the end of his story wouldn't be Tony dies, but Tony uh, chooses to give up his suits for real, not like he did in Iron Man 3, but in, in real, in reality, he gives up the suits. He retires with Pepper. Maybe he keeps funding the Avengers. He's still around as a mentor role. I think that's totally possible. And same for Thor. You know, Thor could absolutely go off to start a new Asgard. Uh, but I don't think that would necessarily make him leave the MCU. We actually have a, a piece of feedback someone wrote in. Uh, Nick Stevens wrote in and said, I guess we can say he's having a good time playing Thor. Has my vote. And Chris Hemsworth uh, said this week that he'll he'll play Thor as long as Marvel will have him. Uh, which that was said like months ago. Oh, was it? I don't know. Someone, yeah. someone. I guess he reiterated feedback. it. Maybe, yeah. Uh, someone sent the feedback. I don't know, but yeah. So it, I think that Thor yeah. is going to keep going. We talked about it last week, but I think that Thor is going to be around. I really do. Yeah, I think that uh, I think he's having a lot more fun with the character now. So it feels like he's he's really uh, 
found a new uh, a new facet. He's he's turned a new leaf. Yeah, as the word. Yeah, I absolutely think you're right. I think that uh, he's just found new life to the character. He's found something new in it, and I think the audience has found something new in it. So that Marvel probably wants to continue to making Thor stories. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to see them do the uh, the whole new Asgard on on the the fields of Braxton, Oklahoma. Yeah, you know, and absolutely. then get into a siege series. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, oh, man. Sorry, absolutely. So, uh, I love that we're like going and grabbing other bits of feedback, like other listener feedback, to just kind of like pile onto this one because I've got one. Okay, uh, do it. That I I pulled from our email, uh, John White said, hello, newer listener to your podcast. I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on Tony Stark possibly living on, quote-unquote, after his possible death in Endgame. With his technical expertise and thinking outside the box, what if he uploaded his consciousness slash knowledge slash personality, in a sense, into the Iron Man suit as a Jarvis replacement with a sense of humor in case anything ever happened to him? If Pepper or anyone else had to suit up as Iron Man, she would be together with Tony and could keep the fight going. Tony Jarvis could also keep building new inventions with her, uh, I'm sorry, with her help and so on. Yes. I think there's good evidence for him doing that. Uh, I, and you meant you forgot to mention one a- attribute. You, you mentioned his technical expertise and his planning for the future. You forgot to mention his narcissism. <laughs> uh, it is very, yep. very likely that he has uploaded his consciousness somewhere. <laughs> He's probably already done that. Yep. Yeah, and that would that would track along with uh, with recent Marvel comics. Uh, Riri Williams was uh, was put in place as Ironheart was her code name, uh, but she was in an Iron Man style suit and had Tony's consciousness as her AI Jarvis. Cool. Yeah, there you go. There's already precedent for it. Yeah, I think it's pretty likely that that could happen. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly how much they'll get into it. I don't know if they'll have time. I could even see them not even revealing that yet. Like, they come out with another Iron like an Iron Man 4 or Iron Heart or whatever. Rescue. And you reveal, like, the consciousness of Tony is still around. And, and like, the maybe the sort of, like, uh, Hank Pym brought in Scott Lang. You get, like, the consciousness of Tony reaching out through the Internet and bringing in Riri or whoever. Yeah, yeah. I do like the poetic nature of Pepper becoming rescue and then living as rescue, but having Tony by her side in that way. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, whatever little kiddo they got that bun in the oven. That's true. Could be the bun on man. That that's a, that's a really beautiful storyline. Like the idea that, she never really knew her dad, only the AI of her dad. Yeah, never knew her dad, so only get, gets to know him through the AI, and as she becomes uh, the new Iron Man or whatever, or Iron, oh, Iron Lady or whatever. Iron person. New, the new Iron person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very, uh, it's very gender neutral. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Savage Poets in this message. I, team, absolutely love the excitement in your most recent podcast about Endgame, especially the talk of how to introduce the mutants and what could be the talking points for the current generation. Have you guys watched Legion on FX? I have watched the first half of the first season. I kind of fell off. <laughs> uh, it says... 
Personally, one of my favorite Marvel projects other than the movies. In Legion, they approach mental illness as the uh, quote-unquote reasoning for people believing they are special, uh, later finding out that they are in fact mutants. Theory time. What if they tie that storyline in with the MCU and Professor X was in fact altering all the mutants' perception of their powers? Spoiler, due to his personal ties with what was happening. Uh, therefore, the mutants were being perceived as mentally ill. But due to the events in Endgame, it manipulated the ability, uh, which woke them all up. Uh, slash Professor X woke them on purpose. Oh, that could work. Uh, easy marketing. Stay woke. <laughs> or possibly tie in that Nick Fury knew X all along, and with him, quote-unquote, dying, forced Mr. Wheels of Steel to act. Keep up the good work, team. Logan out. Hashtag Savages Wolverine. Hashtag ready to get my claws dirty. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Savage Poet. Um, yeah, I think that'd be cool. I, I actually do, would enjoy if the Legion show became canon. I think that show is really, really well done. Uh, the only problem is it does come with it a bunch of baggage because it's currently in the Fox universe. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm. I'm still completely perplexed about how they're going to bring in the X people. I'm not really a fan of the Fox Men universe, um, just as a whole. I think it had its time. I yeah. really do. I mean, like it, for its for its time, for its original early two thousands, it was amazing. I mean, it was really amazing that they were able to get the X Men on screen. I, I I know I loved those movies when they first came out. But I think they are a relic of their time, and I think that with the exception of Logan and Deadpool, or I'm, uh, yeah, Logan, that's the name of the movie, uh, Logan and Deadpool, I think most of the movies feel really dated. Inclu yeah. Especially, oh my gosh, that more recent one, Apocalypse? Is, is that Apocalypse. Yes. Yeah. Apocalypse felt like a movie from 1999. Like, it did not feel like a current, you know superhero movie it was really Damn. poorly done in my mind speaking of that fergus wallace sent us news story uh, a news story that said bad news for marvel fans the gifted the show will end uh after its second season on fox i still have yet to watch the gifted um it's mostly just a relic of being too busy keeping up with the mcu proper that i can't really keep up with legion or gifted which are in the fox universe the gifted was okay yeah um the first season was pretty decent. The second season, I was just like, what the hell? Why? None of this makes any goddamn sense. Okay. So, second season sounds like it took a turn. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. It, uh, it it felt like a lot of lazy writing, because there were so many mutants that were coming into the, the second season that were just not a part of the comics canon at all. And it's like they... <laughs> there was one in particular where it was I was confused. It's like you have this person that her power is she turns things around. Like that's weird. What? <laughs> like that's weird. What writer know. came up with that and who okayed it? I don't know that that's lazy writing. Uh, especially the, the fact that they can't get a lot of characters from the comics is probably an artifact of uh, legal. Uh, problems, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I think this entire, th this story of it, them, it getting canceled is just further evidence. I think they're clearing the board of all the other yeah. mutant projects so that we can get a, uh, an MCU version. <laughs> you don't have to be so mean as to call them mutant projects, Matt. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. Next up, Julie Brown said to us, "Hey guys, just listened to your last latest episode, and I was insanely excited to hear you read my feedback. Thanks for turning a not so great day into an awesome one." No, oh, thanks. You, you know what? You're welcome, and we'll do it again right now. Let's do it. <laughs> As much as I love the time travel idea for undoing the snapping on in Endgame, I feel like that's going to be insanely complicated and also way too forthcoming for the Russo brothers and Marvel. I feel like they've given us too many tiny breadcrumbs about it for it to be real. If they continually lie to us to keep us off their scent, why give us so many breadcrumbs to guess the main plot of their biggest movie ever? Personally, I love your theory on the snapping, sending everyone who bit the dust to an alternate reality. This would bring forth the multiverse and would be an awesome and creative way to bring in the X-Men or Fantastic Four. It would also allow for all the sequels to happen without Marvel falling into the no-one-ever-actually-dies trope. Uh, from what we've seen, the only characters in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer are Peter and Nick Fury, both of whom were dusted. The other sequels we know are happening are Black Panther and Doctor Strange, who both disappeared as well. Coincidence? Hmm. I also oh. love the... What? Oh, gosh. Okay, go Sorry. ahead. Sorry. We she just, just, she just more broke my brain. brain. She just broke my brain, man. Do it. Tell what me. if the characters that are still alive are the real ones that were dusted? No. No, hear me out. What if, <laughs> ev- what if, what if this whole timeline, they're the ones inside the crystal? And what if the reason they're like ending all these stories is they don't get out? And what if the reason we get all of these other sequels is because they're out there living in the real universe, and this movie is going to be about becoming to terms with the fact that all these characters are actually, you know, gone. And Thanos dusted himself, too? Sure. We've talked about that before, that it's possible that if he's truly being egalitarian about it and letting the universe choose, it was a 50-50 shot for him, too. Yeah... Oh man, yeah. What if that's the thing? And when we see, uh, like, when we see in the in the in that clip where she says he used the stones again, he's trying to get out of this world that he's created for them. Yeah, but the stones he's got aren't the real stones. They're like a weird Matrix facsimile, not Matrix. But what's the thing? In, <laughs> oh, what's the thing? Uh, the framework. Uh, yeah, sorry. Agents of framework talk. stones. Frame. These are just framework stones. Uh, anyway, I just thought about that. I think that's an interesting idea. That almost everything that's been announced thus far, the characters that have been announced thus far, are people that did get snapped. Almost everyone. Yep. Uh, that kind of makes me think that there could be some credence to this. That like they're in the stones. Like this movie happens inside the stones. Oh man, I don't know. Sorry, had to interrupt the feedback for that. It's in the soul world and inside the soul gem. Yeah, like they find out everything they've been doing is just has just been inside the soul. Oh man! The and then at the end of it, at the end of the whole thing, like um, the there's just like the gauntlet laying on the ground in Wakanda with all the gems still in it, and somebody just kind of walks up, like, "What happened here? What's going on?" And then they pick it up, and then they're Thanos. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Julie Round finishes saying, Also, I love the headcanon of Ant-Man going into a time vortex and seeing the explosion that creates the Fantastic Four and or X-Gene and just doing a big old nope and getting the heck out of there. (laughs) (laughs) Love the cast. Thanks, guys. Smiley face. Thank you, Julie. 
You, Julie you, Round clearly supports all of the theories that I have for how this movie should go. <laughs> and she absolutely broke my brain with uh, the realization that almost everything that's been announced is things that people that are not in this movie, people that have been dusted. Thank I think you, that, Julie. Oh, man, that's crazy. Thank you for breaking Matt. This has been a lot of fun for me. I'm going to keep coming back to that now for probably (laughs) the next week. Yep. At least until Thursday. Yeah, this is the last cast before Thursday, so... Oh, my God. um, Matt, we only have four more days. So excited. So excited. I put on my Star-Lord coat this week to try on my outfit. Feeling pretty good about my Star-Lord outfit. But uh, I realized I'm going by myself to see... Avengers Endgame because I wanted to do it in time to cast about it. Um, so I'm going by myself in a Star-Lord costume, which is kind of, I mean, it's fine. I'll make friends, I'm sure. Uh, but I just realized that like this is a three-hour movie and I have no one to watch my seat if I need to like get up and pee before the movie. <laughs> <laughs> kind of upset about that because I want to get there early and get a good seat. Cause just I, leave your coat there. I don't want to leave that beautiful, beautiful coat. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully there'll be a nice nerd next to me who'll watch my seat for a minute. Yeah, like immediately make friends with the people around you and then, you know, be like, hey, can you watch my seat while, you know, while I got to go pee and then throw your coat over it and be like, you can touch the coat if you want to. Yeah, that, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. Yep. Sounds good. And then that, you know, that you're friends for life at that point. They're going to want your <laughs> email. You're going to want theirs. Oh, yeah. Like, yep. I, I plan to make friends this Thursday. <laughs> Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, Angel Rosario, Rosario, might be on Hell Rosario. Anyway, reach out to us on Twitter, at MCUcast. Just heard your podcast. You guys are great. Awesome fan theories. So excited for Hashtag Endgame. Ah, awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Angel. Uh, Zuhair Ali said, at MCUcast, in regards to your who dies bet, I feel like Hulk is going to be a wuss during a fight scene, and Black Widow is going to sacrifice herself to protect Banner, and that's going to cause Hulk to come back out. Man, don't do that to me. That is harsh, Zuhar. Oh, that is harsh. I love that theory. I think it's beautiful. Uh, the idea of Hulk breaking out because his love died. That's, yeah, that's rough. That's rough. Ugh. Why you gotta put that in my head? Why, why you gotta hurt me like that? Actually, I love it. A lot of what we've been doing this episode is tearing apart every theory and reconstructing it and looking at it from different angles, which makes it, it fun because there's so many theories that I just have no idea which one's going to be real. And that is great. <laughs> yep. I feel like I, a lot of these theories are just me lying to myself that certain things are possible. <laughs> Marvel has lied to me for months and now I'm trying to lie to myself. I just want to be as confused as possible going to this movie. I want to be completely a fresh slate. Yeah, we're, we're avoiding all the spoilers. We're avoiding the leak stuff. Like, we're really timid about how we get to the feedback. We're creating our own misdirection with all kinds of theories. Yep. From, we've, uh, we've made our own entire movie and following universe after that already <laughs> in our heads on this podcast oh, just to support it. Just one. We've done so many, so many right. different versions of this movie. Right. We've had so many different versions of this movie just today. Just today. Yep. Love it. Yep. <laughs> Matthew Turner said to us on uh, on Facebook, seriously, there's no other way to sort the snapping other than time travel. I mean, we know the people he dusted are coming back, and we know a fair bit of time passes, uh, e.g. Black Widow's hair. Uh, the Dusties, that's a great name for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dusties can't just come back after a couple of months being gone. The world is irreversibly screwed. Could be a parallel universe or something, but... 
they do have the time stone and the quantum realm vortex thingies. Mm. Unless. <laughs> do it. Do it. Unless the, all the characters we're seeing in this movie are already in the soul stone. I like this theory. Oh, man. man, that theory's good. That's some oh, sweet, sweet no, theory. No, Scott's going to be in the soul stone. Yeah, but I mean, somebody might get out. I'm not saying they're all dead. Someone still might, they still might escape the soul stone. But like, I'm just saying, we've been thinking like, when are they going to, if everyone's in the soul stone, how are they going to bring them into the movie? Like, are, are we going to get an adventure into the soul stone? Are they going to just randomly cut to the dusted heroes hanging out in the soul stone? Like in a, some eating sort of, shawarma. yeah, eating shawarma, hanging out with Thanos in like weird red water. Uh, like, I don't know. Oh, I don't know what's going man. on in the Soul Stone, but that yeah, that's the thing. Like that's right after the snapping happens. He's like in that red water. It, it almost seems like he was in the place. I don't know. I I think this theory is kind of cool and could have legs. Yeah, and like, what if what we've seen in the trailer, uh, or in the trailers where the the three of them, the the main three, are walking up to him, and he's sitting there with his sword planted in the ground, just like in the wasteland around him. Yeah, and he's there. He's just sad because he keeps trying to get out. He keeps trying to, to yeah. undo what no, he absolutely. did. Absolutely, I love that. I love that they like walk up to Thanos to defeat him. Like it's a, the last battle is happening. We're getting the the glove back, and he's like, "You don't understand. I've been using these stones for." all this time I'm trying nothing is working because we're not in the real world. What if he's just the arbiter of that fact instead of like oh, someone to man. fight? He just introduces the idea that they're trapped in a, you know, framework, in the framework. style, whatever. Yeah. Oh man, that would be so good. <laughs> it would be pretty good. It would be pretty good. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, let's see. Jared D. Kohlberg said to us, hello, MCU cast. I've been listening for a couple of months, and this is my first time writing in. I am extremely excited for Endgame in the coming weeks, but I would like to hear your ideas for the future MCU. I know everyone's excited about the possibility of the X-Men and the Fantastic Four coming in the uh, in the future, but I am looking forward to the possibility of Namor appearing in the MCU. I've heard the concept of him being in Black Panther 2 as a villain role and turning good, but I'd like to hear your guys' ideas on it. I like him because he's a little more obscure character and quite unknown to casual viewers. Thanks for the great podcast. I love listening. Uh, well, Jared, uh, see the rest of this podcast. And um, uh, the past year. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of theorizing, so I don't know, <laughs> in, without, without any kind of specific lead-off point, uh, I do like the idea of Namor. Um, I hadn't heard that he might be a villain in Black Panther 2. That could just be rumored, but I, I, I love I love that idea. Uh, yeah, that's Namor's a great supposed idea. to be a dick. Yeah, he's a he's a bit of a self serving prick, uh, but he is still a good guy in the end. Like still wanting to, uh, you know, do what's best for the world, uh, just the best for Atlantis first. Right, <laughs> Atlantis first. That's a slogan of Namor. That's yep. That's not wrought with, you know, current time stuff. <laughs> Why would it be? I don't understand. I feel like that is almost too perfect for uh, them not to grab that from the headlines and try to tell tell a story with it. How so? (laughs) I mean, you wouldn't understand. You're a surface dweller. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, but uh, him him becoming good after being a villain, like 
doesn't there usually have to be a, a different villain for for everybody to come like come together and fight? Yeah, most of the time. Most of the time, there has to be. What if what if Black Panther two was that kind of movie where it was just like you know they settle their differences over like a mediation table and they're like, oh, you're just a you're just an asshole and. I get it. You're just okay. Yeah. You're not a real bad guy. You're just, a, you're not a great guy. I get it. <laughs> and then like credits right there. So what, why, why would Namor be after Black Panther? My initial thought is that one of the technologies that Wakanda is spreading around the planet is causing negative repercussions in the ocean. Ooh, yeah. All your vibrations are hurting all of us. We've got, a lot of people down here with very sensitive ears and all these vibrations that you're throwing out there, they hurt. You know how they say don't tap on the glass? You're tapping on the glass. Yeah. It could be like that. Anyway, uh, Tim Brown said to us, I think Thor uses the Bifrost to get to uh, Eitri uh, slash Nidavellir. From there, they get their pod they took from the Benatar. You would have to think that the pod would know how to get back to its mothership when the two are separated. You know, from there, they have the location. Uh, then they could arrive by Bifrost slash Thor, or maybe Rocket has enough stuff on him to fix the ship. But I think Thor Bifrost's Tony back, as dude got seriously stabbed by Thanos. Uh, that's a good point. It's a good point. See, you know, your theory here has too much sense made in it, yeah. so I don't like it. It's a lot of sense. The, good, good theory, Tim. That, that <laughs> makes a ton of sense. The idea that uh, the pod could easily track the main ship. Yeah, yeah. makes sense to me. I dig it. Maybe that pod also tracks the pager or something. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I couldn't even. <laughs> I couldn't keep a straight face through it. Good. Uh, yeah, Tim, uh, great theory. I like the sense made. Um, I also don't like the sense made, but it's okay. Charlie Morris said to us, Hey guys, loving the podcast and congrats on the weight loss, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> I know you guys said uh, keep it short, but I'm super proud of this theory. So please read. <laughs> I love theories. Yes, more. <laughs> Uh, the team travels to and kills Thanos with the help of Tony and Nebula. Nebula helps to fix the ship and in her rage targets Thanos instead of heading to Earth. Captain Marvel or Thor gives Tony a burst of energy to help him fight. On the first attempt, but the gauntlet is destroyed, so they cannot undo the snapping. And Black Widow and Cap are killed. The second act is where Scott Lang comes back and they research all the time travel stuff, go back to New York. Thanos notices and that's when he, when they realize he used the stones, maybe the time stone, to prepare himself for this. Uh, thus the back-to-me line. Uh, the team recruits their younger selves. They win. Multiple people die, though. And Tony makes the sacrifice flying the same nuke through the portal, but the portal closes this time. He is actually stranded in space at the end of the movie, and when they finally undo the snap, Tony is still stranded, and he either meets eternity or other events. Time-space continuum issues with multiple snaps causes him to become, eventually, Kang the Conqueror. Ooh. What? <laughs> that took a turn. That took a dark turn. Yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, normal theory, normal theory. What? Kang the Conqueror. I, yeah, I was like, what? I, you can't I, just know. drop Kang the Conqueror on me like that. I, I love the idea of Tony. Con they, they, one of the reasons um, Downey Jr. has talked about sticking with this role as long as he has is because they're always doing something new with him. 
The idea of them bringing him in as Kang the Conqueror in a couple of movies it sounds awesome. If they, yeah, if they circle back and and he ends up being Kang the Conqueror, oh, like blue faced and everything, like all the the purple, uh, the purple costume, the blue face. I want the whole thing. I want yeah. the whole kit and caboodle. Here's what I would rather see. I would rather see Tony in ten movies from now. Uh, he's the AI, you know. He's the yep. AI that, that, yep. that we've talked about a few uh, throughout the show, um, but I'd like to see him return as Ultron, but like, like, like as if that previous Ultron was just like a proto Ultron, and now he like realizes the intelligence of what Ultron was doing, and like as an AI, he but it's played by Downey Jr. as Ultron. That'd be fun for me, Ultroni. Oh, Trony. <laughs> it sounds too much like Brony. I can't handle it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Old> Brony. <laughs> It'll be old, fine. Oh, Trony is a combination of Ultron, Tony, and Brony. <laughs> really likes, really likes the. He's uh, a robot, but he dresses up as a furry. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> it's fine. It'll, it'll work out fine. What could go wrong? <laughs> oh, man. John Andrew Spenton said to us, regarding Skrulls as analogs for refugees, I think the intent is for them to be analogs to refugees from the Middle East and not Latin America. Reasons. One, they had been radicalized by the Kree invasion. Two, a minority have committed heinous acts, but the majority are peaceful and powerless. Three, perception of them as quote-unquote terrorists is very pervasive, especially the idea that they could be hiding in plain sight, quote-unquote. Yeah, I'm totally with John on this. I think that is definitely the intent. Um, I still think that our current political issues with refugees from Latin America uh, is being highlighted with with bringing up refugees in general. But I do think that that was more the intent that we're dealing with, for sure. Uh, let's see. Next up, Chris Rossi said, Hi, guys. Short and sweet. Just rewatched Doctor Strange and Endgame Prep. Thought... Since we know Doc has time loops down pat, maybe he put that spell on the time stone to give our remaining Avengers... Revengers? Endless opportunities to figure out the play to beat Thanos. And the New York old Tony slash young Cap scenes are to throw us off the scent. I especially like this because those were the only set pictures leaked. Can't wait! And who knew I needed a rocket slash Ant-Man meetup? But I did. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really excited about all of the, uh, all of the, uh, just the connections that we haven't seen. Ant-Man is a fun character. Paul Rudd's awesome, and I'm just excited to see how he interacts with everybody. Uh, she also went on to say, and, and, oh yeah, WandaVision sounds a lot like WonkaVision to me. As soon as she said that, I was like, oh gosh, that's why it sounds so familiar to me. I've been trying <laughs> to figure out why WandaVision sounds so familiar. It's totally WonkaVision. Absolutely. And that's not the only time that we've had that in feedback. Uh, R. Herman Third uh, commented on our, uh, on our, our blog, said, uh, you know, among other things, WandaVision sounds too much like WonkaVision. Just saying. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. It's funny yep. that, uh, you know, people notice that. I, yeah, I totally, once, once she said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's exactly why it sounds so familiar. It's funny. <laughs> Like, that's why I don't like it, because I've heard that before. <laughs> I don't hate it. I think it sounds fun and kind of cute. It does sound very old school. 
Yep, that'll uh, that'll set us up nicely for that uh, that fifties Leave It to Beaver kind of thing, but like Leave It to Vision, you know? Yeah, Leave It to Vision. Anyway, sure. <laughs> leave It to Wanda. Either one of them. Either one of them works. I love Wanda. Oh no, they have kids. Leave It to Wiccan. Yes. Mm-mm. Or Speed. Either way. Uh, let's see. Melissa Khalil said, Hey guys, love the podcast. I've been thinking a lot lately about things that could make a surprise appearance at Endgame and be a big part of the plot. First, do you guys remember in Spider-Man Homecoming when Happy lists off all the things on the plane, such as new Hulkbuster armor, prototype for Cap's new shield, and Thor's magic belt? We already saw the new Hulkbuster armor in Infinity War, so we've got to see the new shield and Thor's magic belt in Endgame, right? Mm-hmm. Would love your thoughts. Thanks. Uh, I love the deep continuity. If they did it, I'd be absolutely down, but I think that was just a joke. <laughs> I think they it, were just going for the joke of Thor's magic. Thor's magic belt is hilarious. Well, I mean, in, uh, I'm sure in, in comics he had a magic belt. That, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not true. Norse just, mythology, he right. had a magic belt. Alright. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's the belt of strength. I'm sure somewhere in the, uh, you know, Canon Somewhere in the Thor continuity. He, all the continuity. The annals of Thor. Yeah. <laughs> Getting too tired not to make a joke about the annals of Thor. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Brandon Epler said, Hey, I am a new listener, but been catching up on all your podcasts at work and love listening to you guys while I do my carpenter work. Anyway, I have feedback, and I'm wondering if you guys can address our chances of getting a Deadpool appearance, like even a cameo in Endgame. Chances, incredibly slim, but I love the idea. Yeah, I'm going to have to support that incredibly slim, but loving the idea uh, outlook. It just, I, I think it's too early uh, after, the, um, after the merger for them to get those in just you know there there's a lot of work that has to go into making mutants happen on screen and especially deadpool and see i I, I actually don't think that's why i just think it's it would ruin the tone i think it could they could totally do it they've done it before they've added post credit they added the shawarma scene like the week of the movie. Yeah, but the shawarma scene is so easy to do. You just so get everybody around a table. No, he is not. If they just did the same sort of ending that they do for the first Deadpool movie, where it's just Deadpool talking to the camera, that's totally doable. Uh, his whole face, though, is CG. Like, that whole mask has to be worked in CG. And is there's it not always? enough time for that. Is it yes. always CG? Okay. Yeah. Well, I still think they can pull it off. If they, I'm just saying, like, they've had two or three months that they've known the merger was happening. We also know for a fact that, like, Civil War, the deal to bring Spider-Man in wasn't made till like, six months before the movie, and they kept talking about, like, how they had alternate plans. It's very possible they already have the scene made, and they're just like, if the deal happens, we'll slot it in there. Maybe. I'm just saying, it's possible. I don't think that the uh, logistics have anything to do with why it's not going to happen. I just think that if you're going to do anything, I think they don't, I I would not be surprised, and I think this is going to be a controversial thing to say, I would not be surprised or disappointed if this movie did not have a post-credit sequence. 
Ooh, because post credit sequences by nature are leading to the next thing, and I think that this movie is supposed to be an ending. Yeah, I mean that's like all the tweets recently from all of the uh, all the the movie and and character uh, Twitter accounts have been like every story has an ending, and they keep saying like ending, 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 ending. Like I get it that yes, end is in the name end game, but like the the vibe I'm drawing is that like this is the end of the major story. It is. I mean, it very much is. It's been it's basically it's been said over and over. And I think that like I think that any kind of post credit sequence that points at the next movie is does a disservice to this movie. I think if uh if it's like a post credit sequence of it just shows uh a depowered Steve Rogers holding hands with Peggy Carter in the past, like that that'd be fine with me. Some sort of like postlude that's just like really sweet or some sort of dedication to the, you know, 11 years of work that went into this project. Like something that dedicates it. That's what I want to see as a post-credit sequence on this movie. What about a, uh, because, you know, everybody dies, right? The the post-credits is an in-memoriam video that's being played uh, around the world or maybe in a memorial for the Avengers. And you see... You know, everybody watching it and just, you know, kids being inspired or whatever, just a big crowd. Not, not necessarily like, you know, picking out a couple of them like, oh, there's, you know, there's Peter Parker or whatever, but like just a big crowd of, of faceless people watching this and, you know, tears coming to everybody's eyes. I mean, could be. I think it doesn't feel like a post credit sequence to me. I think that could be in the movie somewhere, maybe. I don't know. I really don't know, man. I have no idea. And then everybody in the cl- in the crowd flies away because they're all mutants. Yeah, they're all mutants now. <laughs> Every single one of them. <laughs> I really think that anything that brings in, um, you know, the X-Men or Deadpool or whatever. Uh, but I, I do still love the idea. I love the idea of Deadpool just popping up and being like, man, that was sad. <laughs> <laughs> this was really intense, you guys. It's really intense. Who needs a back rub? Right. Um, yeah, I, I think that that could work. It could be really funny. And it could also be like, you know, X-Men are here. Fox is here or whatever. Like, that's great. But um, I don't think it'll happen. I think they I think they want to end this movie on a serious note. Yeah, I don't think that they need that to happen in this to, to really draw people in. Because this is not their story. Yeah, I agree. All right, so next up, Drake Dolan said, Hey, MCU Podcast, just found you guys a few days ago on Spotify and have been loving everything you've put out. I have a theory for you. Despite wanting a clean-cut wrap-up at the end of Avengers Endgame, we have closure and an end credit scene for the future. It could be either after the stones get destroyed or used, they send out waves of energy, like in Captain Marvel, across the galaxy. Power, space, and reality waves combine to grant powers to the Fantastic Four and mutants, while the Mind Stone only hits a few targets like Professor X and Adam Warlock. The Solar Time Stone could be uh, to either reverse the Snappening Time Stone or actually bring everyone back, Soul Stone. Uh, this could set up future characters and plots, bringing in Fantastic Four, also brings in Doctor Doom, Silver Surfer, Galactus, etc., while mutants can bring in, obviously, the X-Men, also She-Hulk, uh, which was a huge advocate for mutant rights what do you guys think too far-fetched or within the realm of possibility i think it is within the realm of possibility 
that something in this movie will lead to the proliferation of mutant powers. I just don't think it will be very focused on if it happens. Like, I don't think we're going to get a scene where, like, every character gets their powers like that. If that happens, it would be something that happens in the next movie or in the mutants movie or whatever. I mean, that sounds a lot like... uh in humans and the Terrigen bomb kind of thing, where the Terrigen mist covered the Earth. Um, it does. It the does. Black Bolt did that, and that was in Infinity. Huh. Hmm. Well, there you go. Maybe. I don't know. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's see. Kyoki Young said, "Fellow Marvelites." I, for one, am not at all bothered by Matt's love of Marvel or Star Trek canon. I also appreciate a connected universe, and I'm sure others do too. I keep up with all the numerous Marvel shows and movies, even in humans, ugh, <laughs> because they're supposedly all connected. Likewise, I watch the DC movies, even Suicide Squad, ugh, that are in the same continuity. I don't bother with DC TV, which does its own thing. Kind of silly, instead of just enjoying each movie or TV show as a standalone series, or standalone stories. Uh, But that's just what some of us sci-fi geeks do. Yeah. I am just like you, Kyoki. I am just like you. (laughs) I can't... I I just can't keep up with everything, and I'd rather keep up with something that is going to be in the same universe, so those stories... Uh, I don't know. They collect weight over time. I really I see that. love how that happens. I love that a character that I met, I say it all the time, but I love that a character I met 10 movies ago can just drop in. Like Captain America, even silly stuff, like Captain America showing up in the post credit sequence of um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Like that's only funny because we all know who Captain America is. So it's not yep. just the weight of like heavy stuff. It's like the weight of jokes lands better because you know the characters. You have a point of reference. And if it's not in the same universe, that same point of reference just does not exist. At least yeah. for freaks like me and Kyoki. <laughs> Other people, like he said, can just enjoy the movies for what they are. Not me and Kyoki. <laughs> <laughs> Those little sequences like uh, like Cap sitting down. So you got detention. Like that's absolutely what Cap would do. Absolutely. Cap would want there to be some sort of some sort of PSA type video for kids because that's Cap. Yeah, absolutely. It, it like, absolutely tracks. We know that. <laughs> we know that about Cap. And it's still very funny that he would do that. It's yep. like a, a weird, it's a Captain America joke thrown into a Spider-Man movie and that's the power of the MCU. Like, never has it been more displayed than making me laugh so hard at Captain America giving you like a detention talk. Like, that is great. That is so great. <laughs> Oh, man. I want to watch that movie again, just to get those detention talks. Yeah. And because it was a really good movie, too. Mm-hmm. Freaking Michael Keaton, man. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was great. As the vulture. My God. And the the realization that that Peter was Spider-Man, and the like the light on his car, like, glowing red right then. Like, oh, uh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. It really is. It really is. I'm nerding out real hard. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, let's jump into this uh, voicemail. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Hey, I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. Um, just a new listener. His name is Brandon Epler. I freaking love what you guys have to say and uh, to keep up with everything. Um, anyway, spent a lot of time catching up on all the podcasts in the past. My 
thing I've heard you guys address, maybe I, I don't know if I missed it or not, but people are saying now that X-Men is uh, part of the Marvel Universe as far I mean, they've always been part of the Marvel Universe, but they have the rights to them um, now as far as the MCU. I would like to know if you guys think that there's any chance Deadpool would be an in-game, uh, maybe just even a cameo of Deadpool. I know that there's been a joke on the internet about Stan Lee. It's not about Stan Lee, but Stan Lee had passed away, so everyone's like, well, you think that Deadpool's going to take his place for the cameos? I don't know if there would be a cameo in Endgame that Deadpool would do, or if he would just end up showing up somehow as in there, kind of as like a... Uh, they knew that the deal was going through and they had time to put him in there, or do you think it was too late for that deal to go through that there's no way Deadpool will be inside, I mean, in the in the movie? Anyway, um, I still thought that wasn't too long. I appreciate it again. You guys are awesome. And uh, Matthew Carroll, I love your band. Um, and uh, listen to them now, too. Thanks for letting me know about that in your podcast. Have a good one. Bye. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, thanks for listening to the music. Uh, if anybody, you guys want to check it out, Matthew Carroll. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Music, all those places. Two T's, two R's, two L's. Matthew Carroll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can tell I've, it's almost like you said that before. Yeah, I have definitely said that before. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for listening to uh, the music. Uh, as for Deadpool, we've just talked about Deadpool a little bit, so maybe just we'll move on and talk about the cameo idea. I think Deadpool cameoing would be fun, but I think they supposedly have a bunch of cameos already in the can. Isn't that correct? Uh, actually, what uh, what recent reports have said is that Stanley's final cameo is going to be in Avengers Endgame. Oh wow! Okay, I think they had others recorded, but I I can see why it has a whole different feeling now that he's dead. It kind of yep. takes you to a different place uh, when he showed up in Captain Marvel. Like he can't be as silly now. He has to be sort of, you know. Uh, somber it, like, like it was beautiful that he when he showed up in captain marvel especially beautiful that it was actually stan lee and not a, a character like it was stan lee practicing his yeah. mall rats lines it was so much fun <laughs> it was the one above all yeah i th- I think they're going to do a cameo with stan lee in this one i don't know who will take his place though i can't imagine deadpool being the guy who takes his place now, I think Deadpool is going to uh, eventually find his way over to the Avengers verse. I think that the Deadpool is going to find his way over there, but I don't, I think that once he does, he's just going to be there. And, you know, the characters that we know and love are going to have to deal with his shenanigans uh, like they already have to. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I just, I don't think that he's going to be the cameo kind of guy. And honestly, at this point, I think that the the Stanley cameo thing might just fade away. Yeah, it's hard to replace him. I mean, maybe Kevin Feige, but that's just not the same gravitas, not the same kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's sad to see him go, but I, I don't really see him doing it regularly with anyone other than Stanley. Yeah. Uh, one of my coworkers, or well, one of my former coworkers, because I just had my last day at uh, at my previous job. On that last day, he uh, he gave me a parting gift that was a um, a plank of birch that he had carved 
uh, or he had used his, his, I think it was a lathe, um, some woodworking tool. He had carved Stanley's face into it on Aww. the day that Stan passed and had the words Excelsior at the bottom of it, or the word Excelsior at the bottom of it with the exclamation mark. Yeah. Nice. He's like, this is for you. You earned it. It's like, oh my God. You're killing me. It hurts. Thank you. That's that's real sweet. Yep. So now I got to find a way to hang it in my uh, my new office or my new cube, or whatever, wherever I am when I, when I get to the new place. You start tomorrow. there tomorrow. Tomorrow morning. Wow, yep. that's big news, man! Big news. Yep. Moving yep. on up. Moving on yeah. up. It's new job. A, it's a great thing. It's um, you know, twenty five percent increase on base salary alone. So that's awesome, man! Congrats. It's that's that's, a huge thing. That is so great. Yep, all that uh, all that Azure learning did me some good, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't know what that is. Nope, but sure. Nope. Uh, you learning them computer things. Good job. That's yep. what I do, man. <laughs> all right, so we got another uh, we got another email to read through. Hey guys, keep up the great work. Chris O here. Now going by Fallout Poppy. Okay, Fallout Poppy. We'll see. We'll see if that sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm late to make it in the next discussion podcast, but I have one thing to add about the new Looking Back trailer that just dropped. Did you see Iron Man's cannons towards the end? P.S. You could see Thanos a little more clearly in this trailer. If I'm not mistaken, we see a sword next to him, and he's still wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Anyways, I know Matt said to keep it short, but God, too much. Too much. I feel bad. We've gotten so many people saying, I know Matt said to keep it short, or oh, nobody keep it short. I, 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 you know... Write in whatever you want. I'm not, I ain't mad at you if you write long. We just may not be able to get to it. Cause we're basically having to organize them now by like length to some degree. Cause if it's like a page long, it's just really hard to get to everybody. So, uh, so that's all. I, I wish we could cover everything, but we just eventually run out of time. Um, and, and end game is just so insane with the feedback. It's crazy. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I, and, and since you've written this in, Chris, uh, there, there have been, I think, a few more trailers. We have seen him now clearly with his sword, um, because I mistakenly watched a trailer today. Oop, why'd you do that? I know. I'm so dumb. I shouldn't I, have. There I is, did a similar thing today. <laughs> it's so hard. I accidentally tapped on a trailer on my phone and, like, I saw the title of the trailer and I just, like, immediately was like, no! Yeah, it's hard, man. It's really hard to stay away from these spoilers this week. Yep, yep. <sighs> so, yes, we did see Iron Man's new cannons. They were amazing. But, uh, I, you know, how we get to that point could be anybody's guess. Um, Thor bifrosts him into a time vortex, and he <laughs> develops nanobots with Reed Richards. So, you know, easy. <laughs> Easy. Easy story right there. Done. Story told. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> First try. Uh, Justin Stratton said to us, hey guys, just started listening to y'all's podcast. Love it so far. Uh, going back and listening to the older ones, in the most recent Avengers Endgame trailer, did you notice that it looks like Thanos came down using the Bifrost instead of his normal way of transport via the stone? Keep it up, guys. Uh, I actually, I have a theory on that. It looks like, or well, I don't have a theory. It looks a lot like the way that, um, Black Dwarf and, uh, Ebony Maw came down from the, the Q ship or the, the flying donut ship in Infinity War. 
Oh, so maybe it's like some sort of beaming technology similar to the Bifrost? Yep, yep. And he's still wearing his armor when you see him like that, so there's the thought of he's being beamed down in his armor because he doesn't have the stones and he needs the armor. Yeah. A lot of that could be... That's the theory. A lot of that could be pre-stones. I mean... Like if there's if there's time travel, a lot of these things we're seeing could be him and his armor could be just before he, that he ever collects the stones. Yep, yep. So it could be anything. It could even be you. <laughs> what? No, I, think I don't think that's punchy. right. I think we're gonna punch you. Let's do a few more. Okay. Uh, oh man, there's a few there. Again, we're coming to the end of our time, and we, there's a few more feedbacks that we didn't get to last week. We're not going to get to them this week, probably, because they're over. A few of them are over a page long, and uh, let's just keep going. Let's keep rolling as fast okay. as we can. Let's get the just let's go. Get there a few just more. go. <laughs> Rapid fire. Uh, let's see. Jack said in an email or comment or something. Hey guys, love your show. Was enjoying the latest podcast, theorizing what we could see in Endgame. I agree with the circulating conventional wisdom that the team will have to fight Thanos more than once, but I think it's interesting that everyone assumes they'll fail the first time. Maybe at the beginning of the film, they do fight him and they beat him. Captain Marvel does make the difference, but for whatever reason, the gauntlet slash stones are depowered or defunct and can't be used to reverse the snap, and they're forced to try to move on with their lives. Then, it's not till years later, Scott's time vortex spits him out then, and that's when they conceive of the plan to use the quantum realm to go back and fix everything. Then they'd have to actually beat Thanos again in the past. Let me know what you think. Keep it up. I think this this totally works. Could absolutely be the way it happens. That is a thing that could happen. That is, in fact, a theory. You are correct that that could happen. No, I think uh, it's, good. it's a good call. I think it totally it is, is a good way. It, like I think it. I think Ashley would agree. Uh, Ashley Coffin would agree that it, it lines up with all the hair issues. Um, <laughs> okay. Yep. <laughs> just saying. Yep. Just saying. There's evidence. Yep, she's our unofficial third. Is is what you're saying here? Well, yeah, I'm just saying she's she's our she's our uh, hair dress hairdresser correspondent. <laughs> our hairdresser in the field, Ashley Coffin. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Our Herman third uh, spoke up earlier saying WandaVision sounds too much like Wonka Vision. Just saying. Also said Xandar has been wiped out off screen. Is there a lone survivor of the Nova Corps? Intro Nova. Please, please, please. And then another another theory. Here we go. Destroying the Infinity Gauntlet blows a hole into the negative zone and Annihilation Wave comes flying out of there. Thoughts? You'll have to tell me about the Annihilation Wave. I've heard of it. I think I've even read about it before, but I am fuzzy on the details. Uh, I mean, it's just it's the negative zone and the Annihilation Wave is kind of the the... It's led by Annihilus, I think, and the Annihilation Wave is effectively just the shit that destroys all regular matter, like, that goes into the negative zone, and they have to, it's a cosmic, we have to stop okay. the wave kind of thing. So, sort of like so more cosmic zone. I love the idea of Nova. Uh, I think that clearly, um, all the other Novas seem like they will have passed, which is how Nova Prime becomes a thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, could be all of very, it collects into him. Very well, could be a Nova movie on the way, yep. if, if not in this movie. Um, I Nova. really wanted to be John C. Riley. Oh gosh, it'd be so good. Oh my lord, <laughs> if John C. Riley showed up at the end of Endgame as Nova Prime and like 
flew around <laughs> side by side with Captain Marvel, like destroying <laughs> oh ships. God, that would oh, be so man, good. it'd be good. Like, hey, hey, Thanos, uh, fuck you. <laughs> hey, Thanos, <laughs> I thought no one was 100% a dick, but now I see I was wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. I have been corrected. Mm, oh, no, man. That is hurtful. <laughs> 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 you got me good. You got me good. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm all right. I'm good. I can, I can keep reading. I promise. <laughs> so silly. Oh man, no, it's great. It's great. Somebody's it's uh, just a big a hole. My roommate. My roommate uh, pulled us up on podcast addict. I guess. Yeah. Uh, and was reading reviews of the podcast, which is sort of rude. Uh, <laughs> he was like, oh, you, yeah, yeah, your podcast, I see, I you, so you're doing pretty well. I was like, yeah, I'm getting a lot of listeners with the new stuff coming out, you know? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. Uh, let me, uh, let me look at, at my podcast app, see what people are saying about you. And he started just reading all the negative reviews. <laughs> Yeah. And one of the things someone said was like, these guys just laugh at themselves a lot at things that aren't really that funny. And and they were like, if they'd stop doing that, this would be a five out of five, but I'm going to give it a four out of five or something like that. So they still <laughs> like the show. They just said we laugh at ourselves too much. And I was like, that's my favorite part. I understand it might be annoying to listen to, but man, it's fun to do. Oh. I'm just, yep. I enjoy it. It's like the, you're asking me to take the enjoyment out of making this podcast. Like, <laughs> when we like get to suck the joy out of everything. <laughs> but thanks for listening. <laughs> right. Anyway. Anyway. I, that, by the way, speaking of reviews, let me reiterate. If you have the chance, it would be incredibly helpful. Maybe now you're not driving anymore. You found yourself, you're laying there in bed, getting ready to go to sleep right now. Listen to this, your favorite podcast. And you should just take out your phone, whip it out, give us a five-star review, say something nice, and it'll just mean more people are able to find the cast this week. And that would be awesome. If everybody did it this week, if everybody did it in the next few days, we would get a lot of new traction when Endgame comes out. And it really would help us to make this show better and to make this show, uh, you know, reach more people. So, yeah, yeah if you get a chance. more... We need more four-star reviews telling us to stop laughing at ourselves. Come on. <laughs> That's fine. Just give us five stars and write whatever mean thing you want. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to seek out mean reviews. Sometime after oh, in-game, man. we'll just do like a mean review episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll go back to the steampunk douche one. <laughs> you know? We'll bring that guy back out. D- knock the dust off of that one. Knock the dust off the steam pa- steampunk douchebag comment. Uh, yep. Someone called Jeff a steampunk douchebag. <laughs> and it was funny. <laughs> yep. Like they said, this whole show would be amazing if I wasn't on it. If you weren't for that steampunk douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good one. Uh, last thing. You know, you make something you enjoy making it hopefully you find people that enjoy it too and the fact that other people don't like there a lot of people don't like no one no no there's no thing that everyone likes and it's fine that the people don't like our show it's fine some people do some people like it a lot and we appreciate all of you all yeah. right let's get let's get these last couple in all right so uh hun bun gooner said to us in an email hey guys great show just wanted to give some feedback on the last feedback show so feedback on feedback action here feedback on feedback uh, he, stacks on stacks on stacks 
Stop. Sorry, uh, you sorry. guys mentioned how it's never explained that Ant-Man's suit needs refueling, but in the first Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket explains to his buyers that the suits don't run on diesel and that they'd have to keep coming back to him and paying him to keep their new toys running. It's quick, and I can't think of another instance off the top of my head while sitting at my desk at work, but wanted to remind you guys of that. Keep up the good work. You make my work days go by much quicker. Oh, thank you. Uh, that is some really good recall, my friend. I did yep. not recall that at all. Uh, I would still say that it is not necessary that we're going to need to see uh, the, 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 the suits be refueled. Um, but it is definitely possible, and obviously there's a slight precedent for it. So, yeah, Well, recall. maybe it's just the Yellow Jacket suit because that guy's a... F- Fracking idiot. Darren Cross doesn't know what he's doing. Well, there's that, and he's literally building it. That's part of his business model, actually. He, like He's building yeah. it with the problem of needing to be refueled. It's possible that the way that um, Pym built his was more with the functionality in mind rather than the money-making. Yeah, rather than planned obsolescence. Yeah, planned obsolescence. Truth. That truth. That is, God, that is such an awful part of the technology world these days. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Danny Phantom sent us an email um, from whatever from, show. From the Phantom Zone. <laughs> I was going to say from the Danny Phantom show, but it's cool. It's cool. Uh, we don't <laughs> often get emails from ghosts. He's from <clears throat> the Phantom Zone. Yep. Gen- <laughs> General Danny Phantom. We are feeling silly. It's late here. Uh, we're feeling goosey. We've been recording for like three hours. We just wanted to get through as many feedbacks as we could because it's the last week before in game. Most of the feedbacks won't be good anymore. So we don't, we hate to leave any on the table. Yep. Let's go. It's, it's not that they're not going to be good. It's just that they're not going to be timely. Right. And they're going to be chock full of theories that don't make sense anymore. Yeah. So let's, let's go. Let's go. What let's does Danny fan have to say? He said, hey guys, this might be a bit late, but I was wondering what your thoughts are on the whole hate for Brie Larson that's been going on. I'm really sick of seeing people bash on her because they don't like what she said in some interviews about political stuff. I think it's a load of crap to be hating on her, but what do you guys think? Thanks. Looking forward to the next podcast, and now off to finish my rewatch of Infinity War. I've been watching one movie a week in preparation for Endgame. Can't wait! And I'm terrified of getting spoiled. Apparently there are major leaks out already, and I'm trying to carefully avoid all social media. Stay safe! Peace. Yeah, we we are doing the same thing. Um, yeah, you know, the hate for Brie Larson, it's a weird line, because I obviously think that people are, who are hating on her, because she's a woman... Or because she's like what whatever because they feel like the movie is is like social warrior social justice warrior sh- bullshit like I eh, just calm down watch the movie check it out it, she, she, I don't think she's that bad but uh, the same token people that just don't like her because they didn't like her work in the movie like there's nothing wrong with not liking her it's like, it's like I don't want to overcorrect and be like everyone who says they don't like Brie Larson and Captain Marvel are all a bunch of sexist douchebags. Like it's very possible that some people genuinely didn't like what she did with the character. But I do think there is a, um, you know, an outsized group that is, uh, not liking the movie for the wrong reasons. (laughs) Not liking the movie for the wrong reasons. Yeah. That is, uh, that's a good way to put it. It's a good uh, (laughs) diplomatic way to put it. A good, a good diplomatic double negative. Yep. 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 Uh, let's see. Mark Price has an email. Gents. Oh, man. Because he started with the word gents, I'm going to read all of this in the uh, 
pompous, aristocratic English voice. You be gentle, my man. You be gentle. All right. So Mark Price said, Gents, really enjoy the podcast. Thanks for all the insights. As a Star Trek fan, I love the crossover you guys bring to the universe. I have an in-game theory that I've been thinking and wanted your thoughts before the movie. What if our remaining Avengers are actually the ones dead? I noticed in a rewatch of Infinity War, Spider-Man states he is sorry he has to go. With the Spidey sense, he would have felt what is coming. In this theory, Thanos would rule the dead and therefore be dead himself. I think a cool spin on things would be he is not exempt from the snap. So that leaves us Doctor Strange and Tony exchange. He was spared and was almost dying when the snap happened. He is the vehicle because he was spared as the snap happened. The current dead Avengers, a.k.a. Thor, Iron Man, Cap, etc., would team up with Thanos and the Avengers to get out of the dead universe. Also explains the movie lineup. The other theory I've been toying with is all the good things theory. The underlying cause of the problem in that episode was the quantum singularity was created in three time streams. Understanding the quantum warp shell had to occur in three time streams to fix the issue. What if there is a sequence of events that has to do with the past, present, and future occurring at the same time? Not a Back to the Future time story, but a butterfly effect. The Avengers somehow won the battle of New York Avengers and future Avengers through Ant-Man's knowledge of the time streams and the quantum realm. Thanks again. Keep up the great work. <laughs> okay, so this is... Uh, that's awesome, Mark. Um, that is definitely related to uh, some of the theories we've been discussing on the show. I actually... I wish we'd read it before because we kind of been uh, talking about a what-if-they're-all-dead theory based on, I think it was Julie's feedback earlier. Um yeah. Uh, yeah. Julie also, Rock. I hope all of that was understandable with Jeff's uh, weird voice. <laughs> 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 Just saying, I, I think it was. Uh, Have a spot of brandy first, and then you'll understand it quite well. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, saying that in in game, uh, the ones that are dead. Uh, the ones that survived the snapping are actually the dead ones, and that uh. He's ruling the dead. I, I like that. And yeah, I don't know what that, the, the, the all good things connection to Star Trek. I'm very interested to see how that plays out. If there's, if there really is a connection with the three time streams, past, present, and future, it would make a lot of sense. Make a lot of sense, especially with like the idea that there's a time jump in the movie. Uh, the idea that they go back to the first Avengers movie and the idea that they're currently going through something like that could absolutely be the connection there. I don't know. I don't know, but I like, I like all the thoughts, Mark. Last, last time I saw a, uh, 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 three things happening in the time stream at, at the same time, you know, same being in quotes. Uh, it was the first season of, uh, that DC movie, uh, legends of tomorrow. And I did not like it. Hmm. I like I like Legend Tomorrow. All right, I just I didn't like what they did with the whole like three time streams simultaneously events happening. I'm like that's not how time works. Hmm. Hey, you know who knows how time works? <laughs> <laughs> wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. That's right. I'm I'm all for some wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. I think I'd be a little <laughs> more hardcore with the Avengers universe. I would like it to make sense. Doctor Who gets a lot of passes because it's Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
So Tony Stark doesn't get any passes, but uh, well, yeah. once you get like forty years of back catalog, I, well, and there's just always been a loose thread of a connection with reality on Doctor Who. <laughs> That's fair. It, it doesn't always make sense, and it knows it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they know it at the very least. Oh yeah, they All know right. it. They know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when I uh, when I grabbed this next email, I saw at the end, also please refrain from using my name. So you are now Anonymous J. Anonymous so, J. Anonymous J says, Hi guys, love the podcast. To preface this, I can't take credit for this theory because my friend shared it with me. He told me he thinks that Carol Danvers will take up the captain title in Endgame after Captain America dies. Obviously, this relies on the assumption that Steve will, in fact, die in Endgame. Uh, she'd likely do this to honor him and will then replace him as the leader of the Avengers. This also is similar with what happens in the comics. Apparently, in the comics, she originally was called Miss Marvel for a while, and then her Kree mentor, who was her captain, died. That's why she took the, the captain name to honor him. I think that they're going to do that in Endgame, but it's going to be Captain America to, to die instead of her Kree captain. Also, as Disney moves into more equal representation of all people, think Shang-Chi, uh, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, having a female figurehead for the Avengers would be a great way to further their efforts. Let me know what you guys think. Also, please refrain from using my name. Best Anonymous J. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. I think that could happen. Yeah, that's a sound way to go about it. I mean, you know, Marvel is already dead. Um... Yeah, there's not really there's not really anybody else to be like a a captain that she would really respect like that um to take the name from. There wasn't like a Captain Marvel flying around beforehand. And yeah. she went through a lot of names. She, you know, she was like Ms. Marvel, she was uh Binary Warbird. Um there was some other crazy name that she had for a very short while. I can't remember it right now, but uh it was in the uh Captain Marvel versus Captain Marvel or I'm sorry, Captain Marvel versus Shazam. Um, death battle video recently. Uh-huh. So they, they brought up that goofy name in there. Anyway, anyway, um, I think that's a good way that, you know, it, it kind of flows with her character as well and goes along with the whole, everybody is saying it theory that cap is likely to die. But what if cap doesn't die? Yeah. What if Cap doesn't die? <laughs> I know. I think. I think that's a. I think it's a solid thing that they could do. I, I. To be honest, I didn't even notice that they never called her Captain Marvel in the movie. Like I, I realize now, as soon as it was brought up, that like, oh yeah, that's actually not her name in the movie. But it doesn't really bother me. Maybe it'd be fine if they never did. Um, but I guess all the other characters have had their monikers set on screen. <laughs> Yeah, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man. Mr. Doctor. Did they ever call Natasha Black Widow? Um, I yeah, yes, yes. Okay. In the first Avengers movie, uh, the Russian guy said, or he called her the infamous Black Widow. Okay, cool. Couldn't remember. Yeah, God, man, that was... Whew, I had to That's roll through my recall. Rolodex. Good recall. <laughs> I think we got about two more we can knock out real quick. Uh, okay. And then the rest of them are multiple page situations, and we're probably going to have to let them go. Alas. What does 084 have to say? 084! 084! <clears throat> has said, 
Hey guys, just trying to kill my pre-end game anxiety by throwing ideas out there. <laughs> we are too. I know sticking the Fox properties in right away is kind of too much too soon, but here, here with me. Uh, so as the credits end, the camera pans out to see them playing on an old TV. Deadpool is sitting on his couch yawning and complaining about having to sit through 22 entire movies. Outside <laughs> in the windows, you can see the world seemingly ending. Fire, meteors, people running and shouting in fear, what have you. As he gets up and puts his pants back on, he starts to go on a rant about Disney being a giant corporate monster trying to monopolize everything, which means the Fox universe is being destroyed. While he's while he's talking, he's picking things up like an armful of dirty Fantastic Four uniforms from his laundry pile and a vial that's labeled X-Gene and crayon. Uh, finally, he tells the audience he's got a few ways to spice up the MCU, and a mouse-shaped portal appears in the air. Before his apartment explodes, he jumps through the portal with his arms full, shouting the one fuck! That's allowed in a PG-13 movie. Deadpool will return. <laughs> that is beautiful. That was so much in there. I love. I think my favorite part was the uh, Mickey Mouse-shaped hole. Uh, I wish that Disney had a good enough sense of humor to do that. I don't know if they do, but I love the. I love the idea. Great, great, great thoughts. Wait for it. Yeah, this movie is going to be way too serious for that. <laughs> Would be beautiful though. Would be great. Would be great. I, I could see that as the next tra- the trailer for the Deadpool three. <laughs> oh man, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally, totally fits with the idea of a trailer for Deadpool three. Yep. Uh, let's see. Dakota Campbell sent us an email. Hey, you guys. Or or is this a Goonies reference? Hey, you guys. <laughs> okay. Sorry. First off, love the podcast. I look forward to it because you're the one Marvel podcast that thinks like I do, and I enjoy hearing your sides of some fan theories and speculation. I wanted to discuss this last special look trailer, and particularly the part where Thanos is finally revealed. Okay, so my theory is that the battle in that scene takes place on Xandar after Thanos decimates the planet, which would make sense due to all the rubble and cement all around the place. Also, what would we need, or what would he need for his armor if he had all the stones, let alone the double-edged sword, the double-sided sword? Uh, I think that he only has the power stone, and the Avengers went back in time to fight him before getting all the stones. Uh, also explains why he was beamed down like Star Trek, because he didn't have the space stone yet. That's all. Can't wait for this movie. It's all I can think about. Hope to hear more from you guys. Peace. P.S. Rocket looks so sad looking up, and I think that's where he realizes his family is gone. So sad. Insert frowny face. Oh, that's so hard to hear. Dang. Um, yeah, I think all of that tracks. My only hope, I think all that makes total sense and could be the fact, the truth. Uh, my only hope is that all of it is lies. <laughs> Entirely. Like, and, I, and I'm going to continue to believe that that's possible up until I go see the movie because that's how I'm preparing for this movie. I'm avoiding as many spoilers as I can, and anything that I hear, including uh, official trailers, I'm just like, you know what? Probably not true. <laughs> that's that's how I'm getting by right now. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> like somebody comes up to you, hey Matt, did you hear about this thing? That and you're like, yeah, no, 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 it's bullshit. They're like, no, but it's really, it's really solid. Like it came from Twitter, and like, no, 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 it's garbage. <laughs> Your theories are garbage. <laughs> Your theories are shit. <laughs> All right, well, we are punchy as hell, 
uh, we have been at this a while and our brains are shutting down. So we are going to stop the podcast now. Um, plus, I want to get it up today so everybody has it for a couple days before the end game. Um, we love you guys for real. Um, thank you so much for listening. It really means the world and makes this all worth it doing the show every week. I thank you so much. Uh, if you will help us out, it would be huge if you would just open your app right now and hit, uh, review, whatever your app is, go review us on it. iTunes, Stitcher, podcast addict, Google podcasts, Spotify is the new one that everybody's finding us on. And that's awesome. So just, uh, whatever app you use, if you're hearing this right now, you are on an app probably. <laughs> so just open your phone, hit the review button. If you just have time to hit the five stars and that's it, that's great. If you have time to write, write something, uh, even if it's mean, that's great too. Uh, we, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we will seek out mean, mean, mean reviews the next week. Um, uh, but the more five star reviews we get, the more people will find the cast this week and that would really help us out. So. Thank you. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back very soon. Support the show at patreon.com, slash mcucast. Peace. Until next time, true believers. True believers.